0: hello all right yeah i want to say first off that i really like what you're doing i uh i hope to share my story of how i ran into your podcast at some point because i think it was kind of awesome
1: oh okay um like all podcasts this is kind of off the cuff i i uh i love off the cuff because i don't know it's just a bit more honest really it's just i press record straight away there's no really big intros into my if you listen to the podcast do you i do yeah okay yeah so there's no real big intros there's no jazz (laughs) i fucking hate jazz um so it's just straight in so do you want to introduce yourself
0: uh sure i well my name is angel robles i am a uh I am a designer, but I design apps, so I'm in the tech world and okay. I live in the Bay Area. Okay. Um, and I have always kind of struggled with depression, but it was very recent that I realized that maybe it was actually BPD that I was that I was experiencing. Um, yeah. so I think your podcast has actually been incredibly helpful because it's helped me, relate to something and and understand myself on a better level
1: and um so when you say relate in what way what way do you what what way were you not relating um
0: so i i noticed that a huge part of how i tackle anxiety is trying to learn as much as i can about Whatever it is that's making me anxious, um, and so learning as much as I can about BPD has helped me, uh, has helped me manage it a lot better because I have a better understanding of what it is that's going on in my head. Um, so listening to people's stories, listening to people talk about their experiences, has not normalized it, but destigmatized it a little more for me personally, where I can just. Mm. I can relate and I feel like I have a better understanding of who I am because of it. And that's cool. Um, I don't, I mean, it sounds to me like you have your situation pretty under wraps. Like you're, you seem like you've gotten a hold of it. And I don't think that I've gotten there yet. I still struggle quite a bit.
1: I have, I have BPD, you know, the way you'd sit a child on your lap. Mm-hmm. i bpd kind of sitting there <laughs> it's just i'm done just sit down there now and we'll watch the show um because the little fucker was running around the place making me do shit years ago and getting me into trouble and you couldn't say it to someone it's not me it's my bpd it's like you know it's like the little child um no i'm fairly well um, adjusted to it now to be honest with you but um yeah i won't say it's boring um i'm not getting fucking intrusive thoughts anymore which is a bit of a pain in the hole um they've kind of fucked off in a sense of even when i'm tired now i'm not getting them i've noticed that recently i'm not getting intrusive you know when you're tired you get the intrusive thoughts
0: i'm not getting I, anymore i don't think that i've slept an entire night through in at least five years like i I wake up every night and have a good little rumination session before going back to sleep. (laughs) Um, And I mean, now I'm so used to it. Like I I wake up in the middle of the night and I sit there and I think about things. And then I'm like, yep, angels, shut up and uh, go back to sleep. And then I do. Um, But it's so like so much part of my life. It's weird.
1: And do you mind me asking, right? What time do you wake up at?
0: Uh, I wake up naturally every morning around seven. And I also wake up in the middle of the night every night around four.
1: Four o'clock. So yeah. the reason I ask it is this. Um, did anything ever happen in and around that time?
0: Like in my past? Yeah. That is a interesting question. I don't think so. Um, uh, but I'm not sure.
2: Hmm.
1: So I was chatting to someone before and they were telling me they always woke at three o'clock in the morning or two o'clock, something like that. And, um, they always woke up and I asked them that I said, did anything ever happen? And as it turns out, they had a traumatic event at that time. Hmm. So the brain in its own wisdom kept waking her up. In case something bad would happen again, because that's what the brain does, the fundamental part of any species is survival, so if something happened, the brain will wake you up to make sure that you're safe um so it might be one to think about because if it's if it's a recurrent thing it there's the brain has its reasons for that that particular hour you know,
0: yeah, that is wildly interesting. I've never actually thought about it i i always assumed that it was because of my drinking i've a uh, part of the the bpd experience for me is that i have a lot of impulses um and That's i awesome. i definitely yeah fell down like the alcohol hole for a while um uh, but Eve, you, you don't I'm enjoy
1: the impulses do you know
0: no um generally call, no, none of us do <laughs> yeah i call them my tantrums because they kind of just they kind of just i know i'm being bad i know i shouldn't do it but i don't care i don't give a shit because i'm just upset and and i i think that i judged myself really intensely before for it and always thought oh i just have no self-control um but it's interesting when i like learn more about mental health and i'm like oh okay i I think I'm just really prone to this and I have to try a little harder. Um, yeah.
1: That's it. Yeah. It's uh, exactly. I mean, I I had an argument with someone years ago when they were drinking and they were like, well, I, you know, I can't control myself when I'm drinking. Then don't drink.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: like, you know, there you go. All in one. Um, because there's always the beforehand. You know, I I, there's all of what I've learned over the years is there's always the part where you're not impulsive. There's always the well, I'm really impulsive after I eat chipper food or takeaway, as you call it, or fast food. Mm -hmm. Don't eat fucking fast food. You know, there's always the bit beforehand that we do that if we didn't do it, we wouldn't do the like, you know, the impulsiveness like click and enter on the, on the fucking Amazon or we'd we'll say, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you have to go through a couple of steps there beforehand before you click enter, like, and then you click enter and you go, oh, shouldn't have done that. The mortgage is coming out.
2: You didn't oh yeah.
1: It. No, you know, I, I do find the impulsive thing with BPD, a load of fucking shit in the sense of going, it's not that impulsive. Like when you look at it, there's a lot of steps beforehand
0: true what's strange what's strange is one for me is text messaging nice. uh, I'll have moments where I'm going through episodes and I just want to send everyone my thoughts all the time and it's almost as if I'm drunk I'm just like yeah I'm gonna send you a rant because I'm feeling things yeah, Um, man. and it's terrible and I hate it and it's embarrassing the next day when you're like oh I should not have sent that and I've had to uh play with like the scheduling feature I'll be like okay I'll send this rant but I'm going to schedule it to be sent tomorrow morning so when my when my weird BPD brain finally wakes to and sobers up a bit I can uh catch myself and stop it from actually getting out
1: are you drinking at at the time when you're texting are you drink like uh, have you alcohol drank
0: like uh sometimes and it definitely gets dramatically worse if i do i i have had a friend tell me that it seems like when i'm sober i am uh constantly overthinking my actions and thinking about whether or not like really worried about whether or not i'm coming off uh in like a likable way and then when i drink it's like all that part goes away and i'm just like yeah, fuck you. I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, which is not admirable um at all, but
1: Yeah, I I think we are kind of like Did you ever see the Avengers? Yeah. I think I think we're kind of like you know when Bruce Banner was having trouble with the Hulk. I think that's mm-hmm. what it is with us. We have two sides to us and we kind of need to become Professor Hulk. We kind of need to go Fuck it. I'm a mad bastard at times, and then other times I'm really kind and caring. And I know it myself. You kind of have to embrace the two of them instead of trying to be one.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: instead of trying to actually be this nice, well-put-together human being. I love the fact that I'm a mad bastard, but I'm still kind and caring. You know that type of way. I'm not trying... I'm no longer trying to be nice, if that makes sense. And as it turns out, I ended up being nicer.
0: Yeah, I mean great point. I think I think it's interesting that you put it that way too because I've always had a fascination with like that duality. Uh it's always felt that way. It's felt like there's a there is a little monster inside of me that comes out sometimes and I'm and I kind of just have to slap his hand and apologize for him and just go on with my day. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's hard sometimes because, or like you know, to just accept the whole the whole you know both sides. Mm. Just just because I think that a lot of BPD is misunderstood. I don't think a lot of people know what it's like. Um, I've had conversations with people where they seem confused about my agency and they're like, I don't, well, I don't get it. Why would you act that way? You're, you're in control of how you act. I'm like, well, maybe I'm not, or maybe sometimes I'm not, or maybe I am, but it's just harder for me to like, to, to grab the reins or grab the steering wheel.
1: Well, I mean, you know, it wouldn't be called a mental illness if we were fucking okay right yeah um you know we'd be kind of called neurotypicals if we could control our emotions all of the time um yeah i find that one a strange one um you know i can't believe you're doing this we should look up the checklist this is exactly <laughs> what we do yeah i mean it's it's written here this is exactly what people with bpd do if i was a fucking psychopath this is what people with antisocial personality disorder would do i mean like, that's just part of the illness. I'm not saying you should do it or it's acceptable. But that's how we got labeled with BPD, because we do a certain amount of things and we got kicked into the cool gang, by the way. The cool gang. Fucking BPD. Thank God we didn't get kicked into any of the other gangs. Do you know what I mean? Right, At least right. <laughs> we have a lot of emotion. You know... Uh, I prefer the BBD gang. I have to say, coolest gang yeah. on the planet.
0: I think there are a lot of positives. The you know, like I, I fell in love with film. I fell in love with music because I am such a big empath. I can really absorb everything that that the artist is saying. Um, I think that I've always been the person that people want to talk to when they need to vent. Um, yeah, yeah. There's like there are positives. Um, and I, th- but I think the biggest negative is we are harder on ourselves than most people. We really, we really give ourselves a hard time when we do something that we're not entirely proud of. And that's probably what I've been working on the hardest.
1: We hold ourselves to a higher standard. That's all it is. We just hold ourselves to a higher standard. Like, you don't need to give out anyone with BPD. We're doing it ourselves. That's mm-hmm. a fact. I mean, all day. I'm the biggest critic I have on myself. Even today, any day, my mind will not allow me. It will criticize. I, I don't feel bad about it these days, but my mind will hold me to a certain standard and say, you know, need, you need to be truthful. It's like the podcast. I mean, I press record straight away. It's my mind will not go like one other. I don't know if I've ever said this in a podcast, but I won't talk to you for a half an hour and then pretend this is the first time we've talked. Uh-huh. Like You came on there and I went, so I'm going to do the podcast and you go, okay. <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't do the whole chatting for a half. My mind won't allow me to do that because it feels like it's false. It feels like, um it's kind of pre-planned we've never spoke before you know what i mean we've never actually spoken before you sent me an email um which i will talk about later on uh i want you see i'll talk about later on because i have to get to know you first
2: yeah
1: fair and with the rest of the audience i don't like the idea that someone else listening to this is getting to know you i want to get to know you as well you know the type of way so i think it should be for everyone at the same time listening, I'm only getting to know you as I'm talking to you now. That's probably my childish BPD, but either way, I enjoy it. Um, but, you see, the thing about being hard on yourself is this. If you're hard on yourself, try and improve it on a, a tiny little bit every day. Because there's not right. There's no point in drinking, 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 uh, sending a random text, um, you know, half four in the morning uh the worst time i ever had was when i was with you (laughs) no and i'm not drunk when i say this this time i mean it did you write one of them ones i mean did you ever write write one of the i mean it texts in other words it's not that i'm drunk i fucking mean this and yeah (laughs) because you don't know what i
0: Yeah, the whole, like, this has been building up. I've been wanting to say this for a while. Mm. And then you regret it anyway. You're like, I didn't mean it. I swear I was, I was in a bad mood. Uh, Yeah.
1: And you're there going like, and I definitely mean it. So even if I say I didn't mean it tomorrow, it's a bit like Fight Club when your mom was actually going around telling everyone, look, if even if I say it, don't believe me. Like, my argument again is, if I was, well, I don't drink them. If I was drinking and I was sending texts, I'd probably put my phone somewhere where I just couldn't find it. As in, like, it would be real. Like, do you live at home with your parents or any shit like that?
0: Uh, no, I live in a house with uh, five other roommates. I live in a large house with a lot of people.
1: Okay. Okay. Put it under one of their pillows, the, the most grumpiest. Mm hmm. So <laughs> I'm going to have a few drinks. I'm going to put my phone under your pillow because he, he, you know, he'll kill you if you come in.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I actually have thought a lot about creating an app that would, um, that would help in those situations. Something that, like, either would calm you down or at least (laughs) make it really hard to send the text. Right. And I've tried, like, they have apps where, you have to like solve a math problem or something. So if you're trying to drunk text, it'll prevent you from doing it. (laughs) And none of them have worked. (laughs) None of them have really worked on me. Um, You're a genius. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I just, when I'm in that headspace, that headspace controls everything. And it's, it's very powerful. Um, Yeah, I guess I'm, I don't know if anyone's ever turned it, turned the mic on you a little more, but I'm curious what, yeah what inspired you to start the podcast how'd you get here
1: how did I get here Rose Skaters um a girl in America I was on BPD sites and um she she contacted me and said would you do a podcast I didn't even know what a podcast was and this was like March um I think 2020 last year and, uh, she just said, would you do a podcast? I said, yeah. So she rang me and we done the podcast and, and she says, are you doing a podcast? And I said, I don't even know what they are like, which I didn't. <laughs> um, like I'm a fucking donkey, like, you know, that type of way. I'm a complete donkey. I, I social media and all that stuff I'm useless at. So like after that, uh, the whole lockdown went and the world went into COVID and, um, I just kind of thought about, um, I'll tell you what happened. I was doing public speaking in my town and uh, I done one and then I done the second one and then COVID hit and then she asked me to do a podcast. So I was kind of starting to chat to people about mental health because I knew at that stage I was finished in a sense of nobody could come at me where I would Go, ah, fuck, yeah, I'm not really ready yet. If they kind of came at me and uh, questioned and questioned, like you are now, sir, I'd I'd be able for it. But then the COVID hit and adapt and overcome. I couldn't do the public speaking anymore. So I went, all right, I suppose I could try this. So I actually started off doing it on my phone. And then what happened was my nephew Started listening to the podcast, but like he found the podcast because I again I'm useless with technology and promotion and all that sort of stuff. This is kind of like an underground podcast, like really and truly, because it's not really well promoted, it is more or less now, but it wasn't really promoted well. And um, he said to me, Your podcast is really good, you should listen, like you should promote it more. And I says, Oh, yeah, but like I don't know how and all this. So he said, Send me a picture of your laptop. So I sent him a picture of my laptop and he goes, you know, that laptop you have, it's just one above a scribe. And I said, what do you mean a scribe? He says, you know, when you get a clear tablet and you, you write on it, he says, is your, <laughs> he says, your laptop is useless. So um, he literally built me a kind of a computer tower type of thing and um, told me, he says, like, you really should go into this. Your podcast is really good. So I was like, grand, thanks very much. And like, he kind of pushed me a bit further into it. And then I have like everything that's here, like it's a kind of a studio now, but I kind of got into it doing that. That's how it kind of started, to be honest with you. And that's, yeah, that's, that's it. That's kind of how it started. I I wanted to do public speaking, the COVID hit and uh, yeah, adapt and overcome really is my motto in life.
0: That's great. I think it's incredibly helpful. I um I when I end up kind of getting triggered and I have moments where I really I'm like, "You know what? It's the the Hulk is about to come out. I can feel it." Yeah. Uh I have gotten into a habit of going on a walk. I will leave the situation that I'm in and just walk down the street and like Think or uh, sometimes I'll have a book with me and I'll read a paragraph every every now and then. Um, but I got really into listening to podcasts um, because it made it feel productive. It felt hmm. less like I was running away from a problem and more like okay, I'm gonna step away and learn something. Um, and there were definitely moments where I felt overwhelmed by my mental illness that like the thing I wanted to learn about was BPD. I just wanted to learn more about it because if I could figure it out, then I, I could get ahead of it. And and that's how I found it. And I was like, yeah, this is great. This is exactly what like and, and there's I a lot.
1: How did you find it? How did you come across this? Like that's a kind of a curious question. I would
0: Yeah, I just searched. I Googled BPD podcast and and okay. there aren't very many. There may be three. And this was the one that that stuck. This is this was the one that didn't feel self-helpish. You know, a lot of them feel very self-help, like very like a lot about uh, uh, DBT or mindfulness or like how to control your uh, BPD. And I didn't want that. I wanted to just hear stories from other people who are dealing with the same thing.
1: Yeah, I. Uh... Again, probably because I'm a donkey, I don't go into all that. <laughs> I, like, it's, again, it, it's 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 my lack of an intelligence. Um, yeah, I prefer to have a chat. I think life is have a chat. That's again. That's why there's no pizzazz and jazz and fucking fifteen hundred jets flying overhead, and then the podcast <laughs> starts and fuck off. <laughs> um, yeah, like to me. I like the podcast. The way I look at the podcast is this. This is the equivalent of me and you having a pint down in the, down in the pub. Yeah. And by some small chance, someone's listening in. That's all it is to me. I'm going to talk to you as if I was chatting to you down in the pub. Because um, this is the way I am 24-7. I'm not like a different way of work or a different way. This is the way I am. I love... I love having a laugh in life. I love to be able to fucking like make a joke or something. And I've often thought about that. It's not like then when I'm on my own that, you know, I'm making a joke and everything's fun and then I'm on my own and my brain goes, so I'm a miserable bastard. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know that type of way. I'm not like that. I'm, I'm, I was, I won't say I wasn't, I fucking was, um, so, yeah, when I was doing that years ago, I'd be like, hey, I'm really fun. I'm really fun. And then you get home, you get home and your brain would be like, so have you booked in for killing yourself in an hour? How does that sound? Yeah, OK. Yeah, you're a miserable bastard, aren't you? I know. You should be dead. I know. So then I try and kill myself. Um, I had to give up killing myself because, again, I'm useless at that. and um, It turns out I'm fucking useless at a lot of shit in life. <laughs> I tried to kill myself four times. Useless out. Had to stop. Um, you know, tried to cut the hand off and all that shit. I've only two hands, so I had to stop. But like, I prefer nowadays with the podcast, um, have a laugh. You know, uh-huh. Why can't you chat to someone, learn a little bit about them, try and make light of it, and yet walk away going, Jesus, I should try that. You know, that's yeah. Just, you know, I like and like what you're doing. Going away, you're walking away. You're putting a podcast on. I do the same thing. There is, that, yeah. Go on.
0: Sorry, I I mean I just want to commend. Like, it's hard. I don't know what it's with the cultures like in Ireland, but definitely out here, like it's hard for people to admit. uh Admit suicide thoughts, or like that—that's a thing, right? Like people get so serious if I tell them that. Yeah, I've tried to kill myself before, um, and mm-hmm. it's weird, but that's just the way my brain works. And and the sooner that I can like wrap my head around that concept, and wrap my wrap my head around, oh, okay, my my brain does things that maybe are not great sometimes. Then I yeah. can deal with it. Um, so yeah, I think that that like I think that that's important. It's important to have people out there who are willing to talk about those things in a in a way that doesn't feel like I should be nervous or scared or ashamed of the fact that my brain does well, like, those things.
1: I do say like years ago when people were saying to me, "What's it like being suicidal?" It's a bit like having a Taliban bomber with you. Except for the fucker has the fucking, he's the one pushing the fucking trigger. And like, you don't really want him with you because he's an awkward type of dude. Uh He's there. And that's my kind of way I would look at it. And it's not like, it is a bit of a joke, but at the same token, that's what it's like. Because at any given stage, if you get triggered, it's like, The little fucker comes in, goes, "Oh, so I'm in? Will we kill her? Will we kill ourselves?" And you're like, "Ah, I don't really want to die." Yeah, but you got triggered. (laughs) It's time to die, and you're and you know you've no control, and this little fucker's pushing the button going, and you're like, "Fuck this anyway," because suicide to me, you're driven to it. You know what I mean? If you've tried to kill yourself, you weren't there. It was the other side of you that's kind of going, and off you go, you know? And you're just, yeah. a, you're you're no longer there, you're a passenger. And I think people need to talk about that going, hold on for a sec, if I ever actually fucking succeed in this shit, I just want you to know that I was gone. Mm-hmm. The other part of my brain that wants to kill me, that's the part that, that's the reason I'm fucking dead. Like, And people need to hear that because, you know, But that's the reality of life is when you're that far gone, you are gone.
0: Yeah, you're you're, not thinking rationally at all. There's no you there.
1: No, no. And uh, if this is the problem with people, and I know we're different cultures, like in Ireland, we're mad anyway. Thankfully, we're fucking mental, like, you know, and we curse a lot. And Americans are, I think you're too polite. I think that's why you're so fucking mad in the head. You, you're not mad enough to go, ash or sure, fuck us. <laughs> you just go have a nice day. <laughs>
0: like, ah. <"Ugh." laughs> yeah, there's too many rules out here on how you need to be. Like, can we just be? Can we just like, can I just tell you exactly what I feel or what I think and you not get offended? That would be nice. Why do we have to have all these rules about what we're allowed to think and say? It's, it's garbage um yeah like i think that if we were a little more i think that a trait of bpd is being maybe a little more blunt or oversharing a little but if we all did that just a little more we might be a little more accepting as well because we'd hear the things we don't like to hear a little more often
1: we do need to hear the things we don't like to hear we and i i think people with bpd are more human than anyone on the planet We empathize. We like to share. Look at me and you. Who the fuck do you know could do a podcast without ever talking to anybody? And here we are, flowing in in the podcast, chatting away, and it's serious enough topics and all that. People with BPD can do that stuff. Like we are natural communicators, that's human. You know what I mean? So I think we're more human. I think the problem is the people that aren't human properly are trying to call us out. I get that we do shit that's not social. I get, but we don't do it every fucking minute of the day. There's a couple of times we do it and, but we don't do it every day. (laughs) Excuse me. I think we're more human. I honestly do. It's not that I'm trying to up BPD. But every time I look at the, the, uh, people with BPD, we're really kind of caring people. We like to help each other. We always are there to chat to other people. People come to us and dish their problems onto us. Um, how much more human do you need to be? I don't think we are the problem. I think the problem is we don't accept who we are as people. Yeah. I, I love having BPD. I love it. And the fact is, I'm such a fucking good person now. I curse, but we all curse in Ireland. We all curse in Ireland because we're speaking a language we didn't fucking have in the beginning. And we like to curse a lot just to make a fucker out of the English language. Full stop. <laughs> we wouldn't curse as much if we were speaking Gaelic. So, you know, anyway, we're good with the English now, but... We are more human. And I, I argue the case each time I do a podcast. What is wrong with us is that we don't accept ourselves. What's wrong with yeah. us? What's wrong looking up to someone and talking to them? And how are you today? Do you know something? I'm not feeling fucking great today. Yeah. I don't know what to say to you. But I mean, let's yeah. be honest. I'm not feeling fucking great. I was up all night. I woke up at four o'clock this morning there. My fucking head was at me all night. Couldn't get to sleep. I'm like, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like a cunt all day. Don't look at me crooked,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking depressed. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I get a lot. I get the how are you doing or how are things? Hmm. And I'll be like, I'm OK. And in my head, I'm OK makes sense. It means, you know, like a, the average day can be a struggle or it can be really good. OK is good. OK means I'm not struggling with anything. Um. And then I often get a response, just okay, and I'm like, yeah. What what else do you want from me? <laughs> like, okay is fantastic. Okay means nothing's wrong.
1: The people that are saying this to you, do they know you well or?
0: uh yeah. I mean, it's often small talk, but yes, I would say I don't socialize. Oh, that's such a that's a lie. That's such a lie. I'm a huge. I'd like to think I'm an introvert, but I don't think I am. Um, but I spend a majority of my time with like the same five people all the time. Yeah,
1: why not? I I, I have a very close circle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm not trying to fill stadiums. Um, you know, to be honest, <laughs> like, <laughs> what's wrong with having a close circle? Um, yeah, I do. I have about four or five people in my life.
0: I think it's easier, especially if your personality is something that has as much ebbs and flows as mine does. You have to, you have to surround yourself with people who like you enough that they're going to be understanding, um, or at least that's how it feels anyway. <laughs> I, if you asked any of them, they'd probably tell you that being my friend is not a chore at all but if you asked me i'd be like oh man they've put up with my shit so i like it <laughs> yeah yeah
1: but see again that's kind of you being heavy on your own mind i mean you know again if, if i ask my friends i don't know your friends but if you if i ask my friends they don't have an issue they just think i'm a mad bastard and um, I'm, I'm okay being a mad bastard like that's a given but- uh But beyond that, I don't think they do. I don't think they go, Jesus Christ, this fella's coming now. There's none. I used to think that years ago. How could you like me? How could you love me? How could you accept me? But again, that was just my mind being critical. Until I actually turned on it. Like, all my intrusive thoughts now, I I turn on them go, oh, how could you like you? I know. But sure, me and you were stuck together. So let's uh, let's have a little bit of fun, you mad aren't? Why do you keep running me down? Fuck's sake. Why didn't you go into someone else's fucking head? Why did you pick my head? And I'd have these conversations with myself for the crack, for a bit of a laugh. Because why not? Like, why not just go? Like, when your head is giving you shit, I like to have a laugh and go, fuck it. You know, yeah. nobody, nobody, re- nobody will ever, ever like you ever again. And I go, ever, ever, forever, ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've embraced the yeah, uh, yeah. company. I, that's that's yeah, cool.
1: I, I'd be like, why did you say ever twice? Are you a fucking parrot? You know? So I just completely accept my head. If my head wants... No, here's the thing. Generally, an intrusive thought, in my experience, is the engine management light on on your car. You didn't go to bed in time. You didn't eat the right food. You were fucking munching into a big bag of Doritos there with the dip beside you, and you were enjoying that fucking shit. And then two hours later, your head is giving you shit, and you think it's BPD. It's not. It's Doritos. <laughs> it's uh. fucking... It's the fast food, yet. You know the type of way... I don't know how much junk food you eat or, or do eat, or if you don't eat junk food, do um, you eat junk food?
0: Uh, yes and no. I'm definitely not the healthiest person. Um, But I also live in a bougie enough area where I can eat poorly, but eat quality poor food, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I definitely, I'm not like throwing uh, fast food into my face all the time, but I acknowledge that I could be a lot healthier.
1: How often would you eat fast food?
0: Um maybe maybe a couple times a week. <laughs> usually, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, usually <laughs> on the weekends when I uh, let go <laughs> and let, and have some drinks and and then everything flies out the window and I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, like when I was having my most amount
1: of meltdowns, um, my average week would be I would eat fast food on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
2: Because
1: mm. why not? I mean, the weekend is here. Have your fast food. Then I drink on a Saturday. And I'd have me meltdown maybe Saturday night. Definitely have another one. Maybe Tuesday as well, because I'm still not recovering. I'm still, you know, from the alcohol. So I'd have a good few, few meltdowns. And then I blame the meltdown on somebody. Mm. Generally, my wife, she get the blame. because um, She did something to annoy me.
0: Right. right? She was insensitive.
1: Well, she was insensitive to my needs. Now, here's the funny thing. She's still the exact same person today as she was 20 years ago, right? And the stuff that she, she, so she's still doing the same things, but them things don't annoy me anymore. So who the fuck was the problem? Was it the three takeaways at the weekend and the drink? And I couldn't handle that because she's still doing it. Uh
2: She's
1: still herself. It's just, I'm not annoyed by these things anymore. Whereas before I was completely blaming, no, it's you, you're doing the shit, you're fucking doing it, you're annoying me, you're doing shit to me, you fucking always do it, and you done something three weeks ago, and you're always annoying me. And I was convinced, right? right, She's doing it today. She's doing the same shit she's fucking doing 20 years. She still does it. She still annoys me in a weird way, But it doesn't annoy me enough to have a meltdown. Now, if I was having chipper food or as we call it, fast food, and I was drinking Coca-Cola, as I did, and I was having a few pints of beer, I wouldn't be able for that. Uh I'd be like a fucking lunatic going, no, it's not. It's what you did. It's what you fuck. And I would stand my ground. And I can honestly tell you. My wife is doing the exact same things. What she's doing is not important, in other words, it's, that's the truth. It's not important. But by Jesus years ago, I would be the fucking Antichrist when she done it. And you don't give a fuck about me, and you fucking only thinking of yourself, <laughs> I be giving her I'd be giving her the full fucking you know, riot. Um, and I can honestly tell you, she's doing the same thing.
0: Did you feel like the thought that came around the most off often, or at least for? I'm wondering if you can relate. For me, it's always, um, it's always, oh, these people don't actually care about me. If they cared about me, they wouldn't have done that to me, or they wouldn't like. They would, they would have been a little more thoughtful or mindful about how they treat me. Um. Yeah, it's always it's like this chip on my shoulder. It's always oh, they're not respecting you. They don't like you. They don't. Why Why do they spend time with you if they don't actually like you? Um, and it's so repetitive and so delusional. And I know it. Oh, uh, but it is oh, so prominent. I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna pause it here, right? <laughs> right. It can't be delusional if you're acknowledging it.
0: Hmm
2: yeah
1: you have to acknowledge that one um because i'm i'm raging i wasn't delusional i'd fucking love to know i'd love not to know but i do know and that's a joke for those that do suffer with delusion um yeah if you're acknowledging delusions you can't acknowledge delusions like the whole idea is that they're delusional you're not aware they're happening um So just be mindful of that because you're a lot more intelligent in a sense of where you are with BPD than your brain is letting you. See, again, the brain is a fucker. It's kind of going, no, 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 you're pretty bad. You're pretty bad. And it wraps your fucking head. Now, but to answer that, yes, I did. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares. If they love me, they would accept me. They would know what I'm like. I'm really sensitive. I don't know why they don't think about me. And I got nailed to a cross, which I was very grateful for once. And someone said to me, but sure, if you love us, wouldn't you change too? Mm. Wouldn't you stop doing what you're doing? I mean, you know. Eating food is bad for you. You know, drinking is bad for you. And I didn't change, if I'm being honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I
1: yeah, I didn't know. The only thing that made me change was cutting the fucking hand off. I um, kind of had to change really quickly then um, you know but I didn't even though they said the same thing to me like, they were being honest sure a few loved us a if you, few thought about us because I was a lunatic like you're talking fucking rage mm. ton of it and I'd be really raging and um, yeah I was convinced in my head sure you're only a shower of bastards anyway you're only annoying me so of course, I'm going to rage at you, but today I think differently. Um, yeah, they were right, you know, in a sense. I have to put my hand up. They were right. Um, I just eliminated all the shit. I, I eliminated the junk food. I elim- Do you know, like, it's like anything in life. How much pain are you going through? And it's a shocking thing to say, and I know an awful lot of people are going to listen to the next thing I'm going to say. And they'd love to fucking kill me. So, you know, 18 certificate warning, warning. (laughs) 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 What I'm going to say now. Here's the thing about life. It's only pain and pleasure. It's just that simple. How much pleasure do I get from something? Or how much pain do I get from something? And the argument is this. It mustn't be painful enough if you're not giving it up. Uh. It mustn't be. Because if it was that painful, you'd give it up. I instantly gave up drinking when I cut my hand, tried to cut my hand off, right? Instantly. Never drank since. The fucking pain, not literally, I didn't feel anything when I was doing it, but literally the pain of what I caused, I mean, to people, when they seen the severity of what I did to myself, the pain of that was so severe I've never drank since. I'll never drink again, like. um, So pain and pleasure. Now, up until that, a lot of people were saying to me, you know, you really need to give up the drink. No, oh, fuck you. No, it's not me. I'm okay. I was okay a lot of time. Like, I know I say I had a meltdown every weekend, but it wasn't always true drink. I'd have a meltdown midweek or whatever. Like, true drink, I'd be pretty, like, you know... I might be mad or do something funny mad, but no, I like, because I had a good few nights of drink as well. I did have good nights out, right? really fun, great nights out. I can't remember most of them, if I'm being honest, but I knew I had a great night because I didn't get give out. <laughs> my wife didn't give out to me much the next day. <laughs> That's how I knew. But no, I. it was the drink. It was the fast food. It was all my lifestyle. It was, as I said to you, i was eating three fast food dinners a week
2: Mm.
0: i guess part of i would consider myself at least when i when i fall into those rabbit holes definitely somewhat of a hedonist and a lot of the like reasoning that i give myself it's gonna sound absurd but it's okay (laughs) a lot of the reasoning that i give myself is like um, a huge part of BPD is depression and depression kind of numbs everything like everything is so dull. Yeah. Um, and so it there was a very or at least there has been a very long stint where it feels like the my ability to enjoy myself, my my ability to, to be social and to be fun and to be likable um felt dependent on on having a drink and like two yeah and amping that like liquid courage to mm. to put myself in front of people and try um I, otherwise I, I had no interest
1: do you know something i'm gonna tell you a story this is a true story and it relates to what you're saying and you see the irish were different right and Anyway, I slit the wrist, I was in hospital, blah, blah, blah. You've heard the podcast. Um, I went to therapy and I said to the therapist, I need to give up drink, but I need to give it up. And I still want to be drunk without drinking. Mm -hmm. And she goes, what do you mean? I don't get that. I'll tell you, I love having the crack. I love having the laugh. Cracking Irish is fun. I love having the crack and the laugh. I like to be able to tell jokes and I'm very flamboyant. And as you see dear, I'm moving the hands a lot. I'm a very dramatic type of person. So I want you to teach me how to be sober, drunk. And she goes, okay, why can't you just do that without drinking? And this is what I said. "Ah, uh, But you know the way everyone would be looking at you. <laughs> And she goes, This is what she said. This is the truth. Oh, I can cure you today. I says, What? Yeah, I can cure you today. Oh, yeah. You're not that important. Nobody's going out on a Friday night going, I hope Sean Keyes is out tonight. He's a fucking legend. They don't even know you. They're finished their week's work. They just want to go out and have a few pints. They don't even fucking know you. You think by telling a joke or waving your hands, people are going to remember you that night. They won't remember you. And my heart crushed when she said that to me. I was going, my God, I can't believe you're saying this. She goes, genuinely, you think people are thinking about you, but they're not. And I'm going to prove it to you, she said, right? When you go out the next night, I want you to do something dramatic. And I said, I already have it in my head. Saturday night fever. And I went like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, i just done the whole Saturday night pause, right? She goes, brilliant, right? <laughs> oh. I want you to randomly do the Saturday night fever pause. Don't tell anyone you're doing it. What I want you to do is check and see how many people look at you, how long they look at you, and how long it takes for them to go back to their life. So I was out. Out with, mates, uh, out with my mates, and I'd done the Saturday night fever pose, and they started laughing because they know what I'm like, and three people looked, and then they went back to their lives after five seconds, and I realized I wasn't that important of a human being. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me, because I realized she was telling the truth. Nobody gives a fuck and nobody's thinking about us. We mm-hmm. think they're thinking about us, and they're not. And That was one of the best things I ever learned in my whole entire life because I then went to a four-day... This was February when I done my wrist-in. And I went to a four-day festival, music festival that July, not drinking. And it was the best four days I ever had. And I was fucking mental in a sense of really enjoying the music. Like, as you said earlier on, I love music. But I had such a good time because I was sober. And I mean, I was pulling me pants down, doing shit that not like I was, you know, my boxer shorts were there, but I was doing shit that you would do drunk, you know, and I was just loving it. Like, and even if you ask my wife, what am I like now? She says, you're 10 times worse than you were when you were drinking. <laughs> At least
0: then you were just a drunk.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, you're fucking mental, like... And the only thing is, is I don't do anything out of line now. As in, like, whatever I do, it's acceptable. But, like, I couldn't give a shit. I will fucking do whatever. Yeah. And that was the best thing I ever learned about not drinking, is that nobody... I don't need the drink to have courage. Now here's the thing, I'm gonna tell you further because it was such a great lesson. So what she said to me was this, when you feel anxious, go home. Just wait one minute. So I was out, felt anxious, I said you have to wait a minute, check my watch, then I went home. She says the next night you go out, wait for two minutes, when you get anxious, go home. She says you're driving your car, it's great, you can just go home. Now tell your friends, if I get anxious, I'm going to go home, right? So I done that. And each time then, the second night, two minutes, four minutes, eight minutes, 16 minutes, 32 minutes, an hour. And each night I went out, I just kept multiplying it by two from the last night. And yeah, I built up my tolerance. Another thing I learned was conversations change after about seven minutes. So even if you feel awkward, which I do, because here's the little thing about me. I don't watch the news. I hear there's a virus going. Um so I don't watch it. I I'm not into sport. I'm not into politics. So you can really tell how much fucking conversation I'm going to be having on a night out. And I waited and I, true to form conversations change roughly every seven minutes. So you can input your conversation as I often did in topics that I like. And uh, yeah, I learned so much about not drinking that I'm a mad bastard because here's the thing. What's in you only comes out through drink, but you don't have the confidence to do it sober. Yeah. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be in you. It's not like you're a different person. It's
2: just you have more confidence.
0: Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, How long would you say that you felt like you've had BPD under wraps? Or, like, how long have you felt like you have had control over your mental health
1: about five years
0: and do you and you seem to owe a lot of it to changing diet and and consumption habits and you you think that like diet is really a lot of it
1: diet in my opinion and sleep is 90 percent of it Hmm. 90 i would say 90%. 90%. Therapy is great. It's fucking brilliant. There's no denying it. It's, it's yeah, 90% of me coping is diet and sleep, exercise and reflection, as I talk about in the podcast. It's 90%. It's nowhere like, trust me when I tell you. And here's how I'll answer it. We're hypersensitive, okay? We can't use our prefrontal cortex to regulate our emotions. These are all facts. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: If you look at these facts alone, we are hypersensitive human beings. If you're hypersensitive, things hurt. Things are hurting. We pick up on music more than any other human being because we pick up off the vibration. Because we're hypersensitive. We also pick up on food. When we eat food, it has a huge effect on us. My brother can eat takeaways to fucking bait the band, and his mental health doesn't drop. I've proven to myself, this is a fact, I've went on such a clean diet, and as I said, the shit that annoyed me before, it didn't annoy me when I was eating clean. And I looked at that and I went, how come the same thing is not annoying me now? So what I did was I went on a processed diet completely, right? So I was eating well, things weren't annoying me, I was sleeping well, and I deliberately went on a processed diet. And within 3 weeks all the shit came back into my head. And I've I've done that. I've I've literally done that on myself where Coca-Cola, I love. Um, uh, Chipper food, pizza, chips, fries, as you call them. Burgers, everything you could possibly want and eat. Uh, Pringles, potatoes, jellies, crisps, chocolate. I went completely all out. And the fucking intrusive thoughts just came back to bait the band. They were just well bagged. They were fucking like a marching band again in my head. Mm. So how important is diet? It's 90% for me. And sleep. You know, a proper sleep. We're not supposed to be awake at 1 o'clock in the morning. It's not how we're designed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, we're just not. Um, I fish out there in the aquarium. And like, this sleep. Right? This sleep. Now, if I was to leave a light on in the aquarium... I don't do it, like to be honest, I've never done it, but I know this is true. If I was to leave a light on at night just so fucking people could admire if we were outside and it's a fairly large aquarium, the fish will get stressed and start attacking each other because it's not their natural environment. It's supposed to be dark at night. So when you move any species away from their natural environment, they're going to be sending texts at four o'clock in the fucking morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're not supposed to be up. You know what I mean? So 90%, I would say. I talked to psychiatrists and I was explaining the importance of food. And yeah, they don't buy it. But here's, let me explain this to you. I could teach, I, not me. If you learned DBT, And you learn CBT and you learned all these books and, you know, how to be a fucking hero in 40 minutes. All this fucking shit, right? How are you going to do that when you're tired? How are you going to do that when you're stressed and your body's looking for iron or magnesium or potassium? How are you going to do all this? Because here's the thing. When your body is looking for all these minerals and nutrients because you're stressed... That's how the body works. It just takes nutrients away from you when you're stressed. You're supposed to put them in there, and then when you get stressed, it takes them away, and that's how you deal with life. How's, how are you supposed to apply mindfulness when you're tired and hungry? Uh-huh. You're not like, and that's my argument. You can fucking go to as many therapists as you want, but when you're tired and hungry, that's gone out the window. You can't be. You see, it's all about not getting there. You see, when when I say I'm recovered, I'd fucking kill you in the morning. Not literally. I know some Americans, right? Not (laughs) literally. But I have the potential to attack. Lunge. I have that Mm -hmm. potential inside of me. It's not gone. I have to make sure I don't get there. That's the diff. That's respect in my mindset. I make sure, I make sure that I'm nowhere near where I get triggered into my amygdala, and then I'm attacking people. How's so,
0: your memory? Got has your memory improved? My memory is shit.
1: My memory is <laughs> pretty, my memory is pretty shit anyway. <laughs> yeah, As I said earlier on, like I'm a dopey bastard, and I'm genuine when I say that. I'm not. I'm not the most intelligent person on the planet. My memory is. Like I listen to a book, I probably remember three or four sentences out of the book. Like I could be ten hours listening to a book, and I go. uh, I'll give you an example. I was listening to a book, and about the thyroid, my sister suffers with thyroid, and it was about ten hours. And she says, "What's the book like?" So you eat. You need to eat a lot more green vegetables. (laughs) Yeah, was it? Um. Yeah, that was the book. Um. Oh. No, I'm lying. And the thyroid, it reminded me of the New York kind of bus station because all the buses and it sends out all the information all over your body. Yeah, that was 10 hours. So I'm not that intelligent. Um, I don't think you need to be intelligent. I think you need to just be respectful of the fact that you have a brain that has the potential to burn houses down and you need to keep it away from that potential. <laughs> Yeah, that's all and the way to keep it away from the potential is eat eat food that has one ingredient you know like i'm eating i'm eating a meat diet at the moment nearly finished it but i mean i'm still flying i'm still feeling great i was eating a vegetarian diet i felt great i'm eating a meat diet now and i'm feeling great um but it's all one ingredient. Like my shopping is one. Like we, I'm not going to tell a lie. There might be two or three things in the whole shopping that are processed, you know, like hmm. fish fingers. It's the weirdest name on the planet. Cause there's not a fish out there that has a fucking finger. Um, <laughs> should have call them fish sticks or something? But either way, that's a different podcast. Um, But yeah, the majority of the food I buy is all one ingredient. So 90%, I would, like, if if you were a psychiatrist, I would argue this, 90%. There's nobody on the planet will tell me any different. There is not a fucking person at this stage. I mean, I'm five years coping with BPD and I really cope. Now, do I feel like boxing people's heads in Of course I do. I'm human. Turns out everybody feels like boxing people's heads. Everybody does. Do I feel like that? Of course I do. But I hold my patience just like everyone else does. That's all they're doing. All they're doing is holding their patience. They're going, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to get into this. And the most kind, caring people on the planet would want, I'd imagine Mother Teresa wanted to box a couple of the fucking Indians heads Do You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure she was like, fuck this. Fuck it anyway. I'd love to fucking kill you. And then she went back to the monastery and she didn't. But I'm sure she did. I'm sure she did. You know what I mean? So the most patient of people on the planet want to do that because there is a part of our brain that does want to do that. Everyone's brain is like that. But I'm able to hold my patience now. That's the only thing. I'm only doing what other people are doing. They're holding their patience. When you're texting at four o'clock in the morning, you're not holding your patience. Right. And here's a little tip for you, right? The shit that you're texting, text people that shit, but text them like, oh, hey, I've been mean. When you feel it, say it. You know, someone upsets you on a Tuesday, hold it. On the Wednesday, I look, I need to say this to you and I hope you respect what I'm going to say yesterday when you said, you know, X, Y, and Z, it hurt my feelings so much that I I, I need to express my feelings now and say, look, that really hurts my feelings a lot. Your feelings are valid.
2: Uh
1: Here's the thing about BPD. We feel emotions. They're valid. What's not valid is chasing someone with a fucking meat cleaver down the road while they're running away from you. I've never done that. Shit we're not allowed to do that I'd love to be doing. I'd love to be chasing someone with a fucking meat cleaver down the road going, I'm going to fucking kill you, you cunt. But you'd be arrested. You can't Mm -hmm. be a shit, you know. (laughs) Please don't say you've chased someone with a fucking meat cleaver or I'm going to have to end the podcast. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you did it didn't you no i've never i've never, I've never um, <laughs> no, i never done um no i agree i think i mean that is what mindfulness is isn't it it's just it's just taking a step and being like is this what i need to be doing right now can yeah. i do it later can i do it maybe a little more thoughtfully later
1: hmm i've i've been upset like i i've been upset by people and i hold it and by jesus i don't want to hold it i hold it though i hold the emotion and i want to give it to them as in you know and sometimes i do text and i read the text and it's not an appropriate text i like to hold a moral standard. i like to be moral and I'd read the text and there'd be a couple of bastards and cunts and everything else in there. And, and the Irish say a cunt a lot. I know in America they don't. We do a lot. Um, so I just go, no, I'm not send- I can't send that. That does not correlate with my morals. So I'd re- re- I re- would rewrite the text. and The first text would be, I think you're only a cunt and I hope you burn alive, you rotten bastard right (laughs) sounds that's you know right the finishing text would be what you said to me really hurt my feelings i know you probably didn't understand it when you were saying it but i got hurt by that i would respect if you didn't say these words because deep down they really mean a lot to me and i would respect if you never said them words to me again because i'm extremely sensitive to that particular word and even though it doesn't mean much to you I would prefer if you never said it again. That's a lot different than the first text.
2: Uh
1: In the first text, you're a rotten bastard and I hope you burn alive, you cunt. Kind of not portraying the message I want to give to them. They don't have any indication of what I want. And the only thing they think about me is that I'm a rotten bastard and a cunt. In the second text kind of got my message across that i was hurt i was able to tell them about the word that they used i portrayed that i hope they wouldn't use it again do you see how the first text isn't kind of matching any of that
0: yeah yeah and people do get defensive if you if you call them out for something but you do it in a way where where there's Blame being thrown around I, I think they get really mm-hmm. defensive and it's harder for them to be understanding yeah. i think i think also though it can be difficult if you find yourself having your feelings hurt a lot my feelings get hurt all the time and after, at, at a certain point it starts to become it starts to become a feeling where i'm like well to what extent is this their problem now is maybe it's mine. Maybe my feelings are too sensitive. Um yeah. yeah. But also, like knowing when I don't know that that's probably one of the most complicated things about BPD is knowing when when it does matter. When you should let something go versus when you should be like, no, actually, that that did affect me. I, I think I should say something. I think that it is important out of respect for myself to say something
1: you right and here's the thing about it if you don't have a reference you don't know Mm -hmm. and i what i mean by a reference is going back to the food and sleep i would write down if i was you the list of all the things that people hurt you with okay and i would have them as my science project that's something that I am intelligent with, is that I do write stuff down and go, that hurts my feelings, this hurts my feelings, that hurts my feelings. I write that down. And then, as I said, now not so much now, but years ago, but then, like, I had, um, what would you call it? I had, like, people that I would go to, that I would trust. So I don't know if you have that. I would have people that I would go and look. This is what this person said to me. I feel offended by it. Would you be offended by that? And if two or three of them, I had four, if three of them said, yeah, I'd I'd accept that as a real emotion. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I'd write that down going, that's correct. So a lot of the time you're correct. Right. I don't think there's an issue with our emotions. I think our emotions are pretty bang on. I think there's an issue with how we respond to our emotions. Hmm. I don't think people with BPD's emotions are wrong. We're fucking pretty intuitive people. We can fairly kind of see if something is off. What we do afterwards is what we get in trouble with. That's where the problem lies is when I get hurt. Now I respond with dignity and respect. When I got hurt years ago, I'd respond with rage. So I was always correct. As I just said earlier on, the things that my wife done years ago that would annoy me still kind of annoy me. But my response is different. It's completely different. So I was correct years ago. I'm correct today. So I I don't think your emotions are incorrect. I think the response might be how, yes. how you want. And here's the thing. How do you want them to feel after you're finished? I want someone to feel that they understand me, that I'm understood. I want them to feel that I've dealt with it with respect. And I want them to feel that I had the manners to make sure that they came away from it with a bit of dignity that I wasn't blaming. I was giving them an opportunity to change. If you give okay. someone an opportunity to change, it's on them. If you blame them, eh, you know, when you're blaming people, it doesn't stick as well as, you know, look, you know, Angel, what you said to me earlier on, I'm really hurt by that. I, you know, could you have a look at it and please just don't do that again. You're trying to hurt my feelings. You're always fucking calling me names. Same thing said in a different way.
2: Yeah. You no. Know? Not saying you.
0: I, I mean, I, I think that that's true. I think there's a lot of insight there. Um, I. It is hard to want to digest information if you feel like you have to stick up for yourself um and so i think yeah i think being thoughtful about how your message is being interpreted is a huge part of it mm. have i don't think i've ever heard you talk about a favorite person on your podcast no. and i'm curious if you have opinions on that because <laughs> i i think it is Interest it's an interesting I don't know. It's weird. It's a little weird. <laughs> uh
1: favorite person, never had one. Um favorite person, yeah. A favorite person to me is someone that you dish your shit onto, isn't it? Really?
0: Kind of, yes. You know, <laughs> yeah.
1: Someone that you can dish. It's the fucking weirdest word. Um like I never had one in a sense of I only I only heard the phrase, I think, last year. But, like, it's the weirdest phrase on the planet, favorite person. Who the fuck named it the favorite person? Why didn't they say the person I dumped my shit onto? Um, person. <laughs> <clears throat> the person that'll take all my shit. Um, It's really, that's what it is, isn't it? It's like, you know, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the best analogy I can put to it, is that Who's gonna take all my shit and put up with it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think <laughs> I don't think you're wrong, uh, and I agree. It's a weird term. It it makes it feel almost creepy. Um, but I think for me, I don't trust myself at all. Mm. I don't trust my own brain a lot of the time, and when I fall into these uh, holes where I am struggling to to rationalize things just struggling to really figure out what is what um having a person who i trust to give it to me straight is is helpful yeah. but it does kind of become this messy thing where it turns into them just dealing with every time i'm having a shit feeling and that is unfortunate um yeah, I've, I have lost some relationships with people because I just needed a number to dial when I was in a shithead space.
1: And you see, there's my argument. That's why I never mentioned it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How the fuck could they be your favorite person? Do you know that type like? A... I don't know who made the name up. They need to change it. You need to change it. It's not a favorite person. How much pressure are these people under when they have to take that amount of shit? Uh It should be... I don't know. I'd never thought of a name for it, but like... And I'm being mindful when I say this, even though... No, I'm not being mindful. Look, the amount of shit that these people have to take is fucking huge. And how much pressure is that putting them under? Do you know what that's way? It's all right when you're under a fucking massive amount of stress and you're blah, 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 right? And then, oh, thank God. But they have all that blah, 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 blah now. What the fuck are they going to do with it? I have an argument that you could make someone extremely mentally ill if they're your favorite person.
2: Um,
1: I've never talked about it. I've never really needed to talk about it. But if you're asking me, I'll answer honestly. And again... This is back to the respect about having the illness. I think you need to have a sense of respect going, all right, I have BPD. I'm extremely emotional. There's certain shit I kind of could avoid doing. And if I avoid doing that, I won't put all that shit onto someone else. Because if I put all that shit onto someone else, they could potentially end up fucking mentally ill. Mm -hmm. We have to kind of look at the bigger picture you see and go, Jesus, now, in saying that, you do need somebody. I have my sister, right? Um, and I've asked her, you know, do I put you under pressure? And she says no. Now, I wouldn't put that kind of, I can talk to my sister and I could talk to her about anything. But she kind of knows that I'm going to figure it out so she, she, I asked her one day because I was just thinking about going, Jesus, am I putting you under pressure? Because, like, I do talk to you quite a lot about stuff. And she calls me, son, she's 13 years older than me. And she goes, No, son, I'll tell you why, because you're always trying to figure it out. And I know you'll come up with an answer and you'll figure it out. So, in her head, she doesn't mind sharing me, sharing my knowledge, going, you know, Blah, 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 blah. And she'll hold it while I'm trying to as she said, like, it's like that you give it to me and then you just want it back in pieces and then you just jigsaw it back together yourself. So I suppose that's her answer for that. But if if I wouldn't I wouldn't talk to someone where they couldn't handle it in a sense where they were taking it personally. She she tells me she forgets about it as soon as the phone is hung up you know the type of way? Yeah. So if you need a favor, person, I'll be your favorite person if you want. <laughs> if else, you can trust me. I'll fucking hang up the phone and I'll be thinking about the next <laughs> thing think about going, yeah, I hope he's all right. Um, because you do need someone. You definitely need someone. But I'm very mindful that the person you need are the able for it. That's the thing. Are they able further? So I'll tell you, be not. I'm not messing. If you wanted to fucking vent to me and go Sean, you know. And this is what the like I said it before. This is what the podcast is about. It's not about me being a fucking Johnny Big Balls. It's about me reaching out to help people. Um, but genuinely, like I couldn't give a fuck if I had three million people listening to the podcast or three. It doesn't matter to me. Them three people mean the world to me as much as three, three million don't anyway but either way the, uh, the one the number one means something to me so yeah if you're fucking if you have someone in your life and you're not feeling like they can empathize with you I have no problem I know you know you're emailing me there and you're chatting away to me in that sense anyway I have absolutely no problem you going Sean look I'm having this problem what do you think
2: uh-huh. you know?
1: so that's been straight with you um, so favorite person, I th- I think it should be changed. I, think it I should agree. Be- yeah, I think, it should be- I think it's because yeah, yeah. It's a it's a silly name. It's a silly fucking name. It's a silly name. I don't know who I don't know who named its Favorite person, it should be called the person I'm gonna dish a lot of shit onto.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah. I uh I guess I have I have one friend who I've always. Oh man, she has dealt with a lot. She has dealt with a lot. She was also the person who uh, checked me into the hospital after my first attempt and, like, mm. is still to this day the person I'll dial when I really, and it's not common. It'll be like maybe once every six months or so. But when I have, like, I'm a, in a really bad place, she, she is definitely the first number I dial. Um, and that's great i do also definitely have a friend who i should not be putting my shit on because i don't think that they can handle it um and it i don't know it can be a little disheartening because you i think there is a part of you that that feels like if people can't handle you if they can't deal with who you are then, then how are you supposed to just get by? How are, how are you supposed to find people who can like you? And that I know that that's like a bigger that's a bigger question that doesn't even have a real correlation. Like people deal with each other's shit all the time, but to be thoughtful, to be mindful, to care about someone is to not make them have to.
1: I think, again, I can only relate to myself. My wife doesn't understand mental health, right? I don't talk to my wife about mental health. Literally don't talk to her. I literally, and it's not, and I, I don't say that as in there's anything wrong. She, thankfully, literally doesn't understand mental health. She wouldn't understand the depths that we can go to. She can't understand how I can come up and do a podcast and talk to a random stranger just and could be talking to them for fucking 4 hours. She can't grasp that because she's not deep. So, um I'm married to a woman that I absolutely love and she loves me to bits. She loves me and I know that, I can feel it. But she doesn't I don't talk to her about mental health. So the reason I'm saying this is You don't need... You need somebody. But not everybody that loves you needs to... Like, my wife said this to me, and this is the truth. You know, Sean, I have to listen to you talking to people, and the majority of them are women, right? That's the truth. I have to listen to you talking to people, and she says the majority of them are women. And she says, you can talk to these people as if you knew them 20 years. And she says... I'll never be able to reach the depths that you can reach. And she says, how do you think I feel knowing that I could never reach that depth with you? So you see, they suffer also. It's not just, you can't reach me. My, I'm the Pacific Ocean, and my wife is like a swimming pool or a river. She'll never be able to reach down as far as my mind can go, no matter how much she tries so it's awkward for them also we always think "Ah, it's just on us but it's not you know how awkward is it for the people that do love you but can't reach down to your depth? because I know my wife loves me to bits but she can never reach down as far as to reach me she just can't it's not in her mindset
0: yeah well I did not think about it that way. I think there is a lot of selfishness to depression as well. There's a lot of self, uh, yeah, you get lost in your own head. You, It can be hard to even think about what it might be like for others.
2: Mm-mm. And
1: depression, if you're depressed, you're angry at something. Depression is anger inwards. That's all it is. I, you know.
0: Mm. Yeah, like angry at yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, all depression is, is my, uh, my idea of depression is this. There's a problem. Generally, if you can solve a problem, it's not a problem. Um, there's a problem. Your mind can't seem to solve it. It gets angry. And so it turns in on itself. But if you can solve the problem, by looking at it like from a different perspective, a different angle. As I just said to you there, I'm after giving you a different angle to, instead of looking at someone like that, they can't reach me as in like, you don't care enough about me that they can look at it and go, I do. It's just, I can't reach you. Mm -hmm. If someone's up on the top of a high cliff and you're at the bottom, they can't reach you no matter how much they love you. So they can't reach down to pull you up. If you can look at it in a different perspective and change the mindset, the depression might lift because it is only a mindset. At the end of the day, it's a mindset. No matter what's happening in life, it's always a mindset. And I do try and look at things from a different perspective. I do tell my mind, give me a different perspective. No, give me a different one. No, I didn't like that. Give me a different one. Okay, I'll go with that one. I don't give a shit if I feel better afterwards. I couldn't give a fuck if the perspective was a fucking donkey with a fucking piece of spaghetti on the back of it. If it made sense in my brain and I feel better afterwards, I'm going, yeah, that'll do me. I don't feel too bad. <clears throat> and no matter what it is, it's like people with narcissism. Um, I had to look, just, you know, I had to look into it. I had to like go deeply because there's a few people in my life that have it and I had to look deeply into it because they're fucking fairly annoying people. Like, just call a spade a spade. Like, they're fucking, like, they're really well up there for fucking annoying you. Like, you know, just fucking leaderboards. Um, yeah, yeah, they, they, they work hard. God help them. They work hard at annoying people. Um, but Because they're in my life, I kind of had to look because they're there. I can't do fuck all about it. So I kind of had to look at it and go, like, I need to look at this differently. They're fucking annoying the head on me. Yeah, yeah, they're bad. They're fucking bad. And I was like, this is the this is the dialogue. You need to give me a different perspective. Yeah, they're just bad bastards. Yeah, but that's not going to work. Like that's not going to make me feel better. And a long story short, I went, sure, they're mentally ill, too. Mm-hmm. They're mentally ill. How can you judge them? They're mentally ill. And then I went, judging someone with MPD is the equivalent of judging someone who's autistic or down syndrome. And I went, All right, okay, that works. Okay. I don't judge them then anymore. Because they're mentally ill. They're literally mentally ill. That's the fact. Like the minute you call someone narcissistic, you're literally saying they're mentally ill. Like you can't undo that.
0: Right. Do you and, think there's similarities or or that they uh I'm just curious like as another personality disorder, do you feel like they might have similarities to BPD or maybe they're almost like on the opposite side of the spectrum? Because if you think about BPD from like an ego mm. perspective, um it really is just a lack of confidence, right? It's a lack of um, you just don't have that confidence in you already and so you have to kind of try and go get the validation elsewhere um whereas narcissism and i don't know anything about narcissism uh but my understanding or my assumption is that it's it's the opposite they just have it already they maybe have too much of it and and feed off of it
1: yeah and people with narcissism pretend to have all the confidence they don't they they, they, they have a lot of shame Hmm. they pretend they pretend and then they try and push you down because they don't want you to see them um you could learn off, and I know you don't have. I, I learned off them. I learned confidence. I'm kind of like a hybrid of a narcissist and a BPD at this stage. In a sense of, I've all the confidence and charm of the narcissist, but I've all the empathy of a person with BPD. Um, the perfect hybrid. <laughs> so, and even that's a high. There's a narcissist. to common, you know, I'm really cock of the walk. But you can learn off them. But as but. You know, if you don't know about narcissists, I won't go into it. But at the same token, they're all part of the personality disorders. In other words, it's just us. That's the way we are. It's a personality. It's a disorder to other people. Not so fucking disorder to us. Look at us. We're chatting away for an hour and a half. There's not a problem on us. How disordered are we? You know what I mean? It's a disorder Uh to the neurotypicals. Um. But no, with the mind, if you can change your perspective, you'll change your mind. It's just you keep looking at it from the same perspective going, I don't like this. I'm not happy with them. But if you can change it and go, well, what what about, like, look, you said earlier on, you're empathetic. And here's my argument with empathy. An empathetic person should be able to look out through the eyes of any human being and see it from their world. That's empathy. Mm-hmm. Empathy is also feeling their emotions. That's what most people talk about. I'm also empathetic. I feel the emotions of everyone else. That That's empathy. But empathy is also looking at the world through somebody else's eyes. That's a gift we have that fuck all of us use. We use the fucking... Absorbing other people's emotions, well, we can't really help that one. But look out through their eyes and see the world through their eyes. And you'll, I'm telling you, if you use that gift that you have, you'll start to see the world in a different way. Because when I look out through my wife's eyes, I used to fucking hate that she couldn't. How come you don't understand me? What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, Jesus Christ, why did you even fucking marry someone like me if you can't even fucking empathize with me?
2: not realizing
1: that she couldn't like, I didn't realize it and it couldn't see it it was like you fucking don't love me you're fucking fucking Jesus why the fuck did you fucking marry someone like me Christ almighty you can't even fucking feel my emotions and I'm fucking here fucking and I was this is exactly the way I was
2: mm-hmm.
1: not realizing all I had to do was look at it from her world and go oh fuck she can't. Shit. How bad did she feel every time when I was blaming her for not loving me when she fucking couldn't reach me? How bad? I, I, I felt like a prick afterwards going, Jesus, and i done that for her for years. And she kept with me, but she couldn't do anything about it because, again, she was at the top of the cliff and I was saying to her, just put your fucking hand down and reach down and pick me up. And she couldn't. How much pain is in a person when they love someone and they can do nothing about it?
2: I didn't yeah. see it.
1: I was just so, I was so absorbed in my fucking self. I was so absorbed at how you didn't love me and you didn't fucking care for me and you didn't fucking acknowledge my feelings. I couldn't see the fact that she couldn't.
0: I, maybe this is a little off. It's, kind of off-topic um I'm curious just because I did have a thought for a second Oh, how like exciting it would be to create a podcast and talk to people whose minds are similar to mine I'm wondering if you feel like there's anything you've learned is there anything that any doors that have kind of opened up and, and new perspectives that you've gained from talking to different people
1: I've become a way better person from chatting to people with BPD. Way better. Like, I'm becoming a better person on a daily basis chatting to people with BPD because I'll tell you why. I'm chatting to you this evening. When I'm chatting to people like you, when I say people like you, I mean it in the utmost respect. When I'm chatting to people, I look at ye like you're my children. Right? So I literally... Like, I'll, I'll tell you a story in a second. It's, it's fucking mental in its own way. When I'm chatting to anybody, I picture my child in that position. And I'm trying my best to see could I help them out of that position because they're like my, you know. So when I'm chatting to you, I'm literally looking at my son going, what would you do if your son was in this position? How would you help him? So it's kind of, it's it's forcing my mind to try and come out with something. And you see, that's why I'm so open and so honest, because it's like chatting to my son.
0: If you, my so son, you do have a son?
1: I do, yeah. So it's, it's like if I'm chatting to a son of mine going, if he came to me and said, look, dad, fucking, you know, I'm having this trouble, or, you know, I'm texting people at four o'clock in the morning, I'm, I'm having trouble where I think some people just don't love me or I don't feel they love me enough. I would, I'm tell this is the podcast. This is what I would say to him. And this is how I'd say, and I thought your mother didn't love me and to try and make him see it from a different perspective. So have I, how i am grown so much with the podcast because each person I'm talking to, I will give them the exact same respect as if I was talking to any of my children. I would want to help them as if they were my children.
0: Are you ever afraid um, that your children might end up having BPD as well?
1: I, I hope all of them get it. It'll be, I'll be fucking shocked if they don't.
0: My I'm almost positive that both my sister and I got it from my father. Um, but he was diagnosed as bipolar. And I think it might have been a misdiagnosis. He was very... Um, against just seeing ther- a therapist or like being yeah. diagnosed or anything, he really hated the idea because he had like a very two-dimensional idea of like what um, mental illnesses. He to him, if he got diagnosed with anything, he was crazy, and he didn't want to be labeled as crazy. Um,
1: how, old, how old is your father?
0: He is. Ooh, I really should know this, huh? Uh, he was about 15, 16 when I was born. So he should be in his 40s now. Okay. How old 50s, are you? Maybe, maybe 50s. I'm a, I am am about to be 30.
1: So he's about 46. Okay, right, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah he's young for, hmm. for a dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, But he definitely was the window into into my like understanding of BPD I watched him struggle with it before it ever kind of took a hold of me and and then when it started to kind of show its face in my life I was like oh I think I know what this is
2: Mm.
0: yeah
1: and you and your sister have it you see that's just the way it goes I don't pass like I don't think it's you know, if you have a Labrador, you're going to get a Labrador pup. Mm-hmm. Um, simple as. I think each generation has the opportunity to learn from it. You know, my, my parents, mentally ill, you know, they didn't learn back then. My parents were born in the 1940s. So there wasn't a hope of them learning. It, was a, it wasn't a generation that did learn like we did. Um, it's up to me to learn. If my kids get BPD, I can manage BPD. If my kids get anxiety, I can manage it. Um, if my kids end up delusional, um, that might be a tricky one. Uh, but either way, like it's up to me to learn as much as I can about mental health so I can teach them. Mm-hmm. It's, up it's up to you to learn as much as you can. To, to learn about your illness, because it's like when, when people say, oh, I got, like you just said, I got that from my dad. But who did he get it from? And who did he get it from? And it never ends. If, you know, I, I, you know, someone said to me once, do you think would you have BPD if your parents were okay? And automatically I went, yeah. It's for me. I know plenty of people that came from really decent backgrounds that have BPD. I'm talking extremely loving, caring, kind parents, kind grandparents on both sides, extreme love, fucking the Walton's shit, you know, Mm -hmm. and they have BPD.
0: Yeah, that's, I wouldn't think that it would be surprising, but it is surprising to me. I, I guess there is a part of me that has always thought that maybe it, uh, was triggered by some sort of trauma because it feels that way. It feels like it should.
1: You were. That's the truth. But here's the thing about hypersensitive children. It only takes one form of trauma. Huh. I know a girl, right? This is the truth. What got me into researching the shit of BPD was this girl. I was in doing DBT with her. And... I said it to her. I says, you know, did you come from a bad background? I came from a, a a traumatic background. No, no, no. My no, my parents are lovely people. She says, "This says, is well, your grandparents nice. Oh, my grandparents are wonderful." I was like, "What the fuck?" I came from fucking Beirut. You know what I mean? <coughs> Not literally, but <laughs> you know, um, so what happened to you? Like, what, what happened? Oh, when I was doing ballet, when I was eight years of age, a teacher mocked me.
0: Ah. And I went, oh.
1: And did anything else happen? Like, no, that was it. That was fucking it. That was it. I shit myself after that going, fuck. I taught bad parents, bad children. That's where your mental illness comes from. I didn't realize fucking good parents, really good upbringing. Child gets one form of trauma, which like you, how do you own? You can't prevent that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: She couldn't fucking cope. This is the reason I researched so much on mental health because of her, because she scared the fuck out of me going, Oh my God. Like, even if I have children, I'm a fucking super father with them. They have a really stable background. there's a potential they're gonna be fucking mentally ill
0: yeah wow it's <laughs> it's really unfortunate um it's actually it's a wee bit upsetting
2: yeah it's
1: it's because I think it's just the nature you came from a lineage of people that were mentally ill you're gonna be mentally ill I uh-huh. have. I think I've three children. I don't know. I mean, obviously you don't know, but if they are, they are. It's not going to bother me. I'll yeah. Like I, as I said, food is 90%, sleep is 90%. Our children go to bed on time. There's no staying up late. We are really mindful of sleep. Our children eat a really, really good diet. That was one of the conditions for having children that I said to my wife. I don't mind, but I, I'm i over the food. Like, I get to control what they eat and stuff like that. I'm not fucking Hitler-like, where it's all regimental, but we eat really good food, and I teach the children about food in a sense of, you know, too many sweets makes you angry. So I'm putting <clears throat> that thoughts into their head. That's true. So... I wouldn't worry about mentally ill. I have zero worries about mental illness today because I know you can work through it. And I've had a pretty shitty life and as shitty lives go, I'm up there in the top fucking 10, you know? I'm yeah. True for the pudding. Like,
0: what, uh, what is your diet, uh, like now? What, is it just primarily vegetables or are you?
1: Um... Uh, well, actually, no, I, I, I was went from vegetarian to carnivore, right? But my diet now today, I've, my diet's finished. I'm finished with the whole research and all that sort of stuff. So now I was trying to give up sweets. So that's why I'm specific with my diet. I'm a binge eater. Or should mm-hmm. I say I was? So I was going to give up sweets and I could never master it, but I fucking mastered it now. Boom, boom, boom. I've fucking done it. And I'll tell you, I was going to do it in another podcast. Might as well do it in this one. So my diet now is I'm always on about eating 21 different fibers every day to feed your gut bacteria. So now what I'm doing is I'm having a really good smoothie in the morning And it has 18 different fibers in it. When I say fibers, it has 18 different, like, literally fibers, ashwongada, inulin, uh, potato flower, arrowroot, psyllium husk, wheat germ. Then I have um, flaxseed, sunflower seed, um, sunflower sesame seed, hemp seed. Lots of seeds in there, right? And then I have carrot, broccoli, cauliflower, um, banana, apple, and uh, carrots, right? So it's a pretty, like, it's a liter and a half, if I'm being honest. It's a big smoothie maker I have. But I'm a, I'm a binge eater. So binge, you know? So I'm drinking, like, three glasses of that in the morning, and that's now my breakfast, So I'm getting all of my carbohydrates in in the morning. And then at lunchtime, I'll have two tins of sardines. And in the evening time, I'll eat a plate of meat with like maybe onions, mushrooms and garlic, peppers in there. So it's really a high carb diet in the morning and then meat and then meat with onions, mushrooms, peppers, garlic. And I don't crave sweets anymore and i'm fucking delighted i don't so i haven't eaten sweets in like over 13 weeks
0: okay yeah yeah i don't i mean i when i was a kid i had a pretty intense sweet tooth but i haven't really had a hankering for any dessert in in a long while now um and i love to cook so i like the idea of of getting better about my diet i think right now though I, a lot of what I eat is is uh, drenched in salt and fat, and I could probably it's, do better about that. There's
1: no harm in salt and fat. Everyone is yeah. worried about salt and fat. There's no harm in salt and fat. Um, there's not. Like it's 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 what's mm-hmm. harmful is what you're eating. If it again, if it's if it's a whole food, I love salt and I love fat. There's no harm in it. Fat is only fat. It's only an energy source, really. If you're burning it off, it's okay, but it's the ice cream, it's the chips, it's, it's the takeaway. I'll have one takeaway a month.
2: Okay. So, I think,
1: so once a month I have a takeaway. That means 95% of the time my meals are whole food, non-hydrogenated fat meals, because hydrogenated fat is your fast food. So I have 12 meals a year where there's hydrogenated fat. That's the problem. Is the hydrogenated fat. We can't break down hydrogenated fat cuz we didn't it's a, it's a man-made fat. So my meals are all whole food meals and I went from vegetarian to this new diet. I feel great on both. You know, someone asked me the other day, so which diet works? Both. I could go back on vegetarian. The only problem is because I'm a binge eater with sweets on a high carbohydrate diet. I was craving sweets. Mm -hmm. Now I'm eating the carbohydrates in the morning and I'm working and I'm burning off that. And then it's just fat and fat. It's fat and protein, fat and protein. So I'm, I'm not having any carbohydrates later on in the day when I'm tired, but that's just me. That's, that's what works for me. If you don't eat sweets, I would recommend eat whole foods. Eat your fats. There's no harm in fat. It's what you're putting in that's not real. If it has two ingredients, don't eat it. You know? Yeah, fair. That's so there that's my new diet and I feel fucking great on it. Like I'm um feeling really good. Oh, my brain is telling me. Now back to back to the story you were this is my brain about people. I'm after getting, like, in the last month, people are after coming and asking me could they help me with the podcast, right? And I'm really grateful. Mm -hmm. And in the last month, a girl called Brianne from Australia, she came and she asked me could she help me with the podcast because, like my nephew said, I don't really promote it. So she's actually promoting the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and she's she's killing it to be honest with you, because I'm not like that. She's She's really fucking doing a great job. And then a girl from New York came and said, hey, you know, could we write some blogs? And, you know, people put up their stories and share their stories. And so she's doing that. And then a guy from Texas came and he's after fucking making a website for the podcast. So I'm really grateful because they're all kind of part of the You, Me and BPD now. And I'm loving it because this is the weirdest fucking thing on the planet. Out of 350 million people on the planet that have borderline that are diagnosed, and I would imagine the other 350 that haven't been diagnosed, hurry up and come on into the gang. Um, out of the 350 million people, these three people have the fucking same personalities of my children. And I love them to bits, right? And I can't help it. Because when I'm talking to them, it's like chatting to my fucking children from the future. I'm getting to chat to adults that are like my kids. And they're going, oh, like, is everything okay? Are we doing like, and I'm just there going, oh, I'm loving this. I'm just watching these people grow and like going, ah, you're grand. You can't do anything wrong. Like, you're just fucking killing it. You're doing a great job. And even like one of them, you know, like got a ban off instagram for a week or whatever because she was trying to promote it and seemingly instagram don't like stuff like that and she was like i'm after getting banned off instagram and i'm like i don't mind it's okay (laughs) because it's like i'm chatting to my daughter (laughs) yeah so i don't really care so the amount of help i'm getting with the podcast is phenomenal in that sense i'm really grateful that i'm getting help from people but i'm I had to tell that story because you were on about, you know, how do I look at people and all that. Um, Yeah, it's been great. It's really, really been great lately, to be honest with you. And I hope it grows. I hope more and more people come in because I want to build a community of people that can come in and do their own thing, They thrive. But most important here is the absolute why I want a group of people in a community of you, me and BPD so we can all help each other so we can re- ring each other and go hey sean my fucking head is fried i i don't know what to fucking think i'm fucking getting all these thoughts in my head do you do you, you know is there you know anything you could do i want to chat to people like that
0: yeah that's help. really cool yeah it's yeah. really that's really neat
1: yeah because we <laughs> are a community
0: yeah i think and i think that I mean, there's got to be a lot of people out there like me who just wanted to relate, wanted wanted to know that there were other people out there who dealt with the same brain and might have more insight than I do or more experience, more wisdom on how to deal with it. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And uh, this is what it's all about is reaching out and coming together as a community. And as I said earlier on, that's genuine. That's not for the podcast. I couldn't give a fuck about it. If the podcast went to, I'll give you this, right? I'll put it this way to you. And I'm going to be honest. If I was put in a position now, we'll say, where I could ring you and chat to you on a daily basis, right? And I knew by ringing you and chatting to you on a daily basis that you would become a better person and you'd fulfill all the things you want to do in life. Or I'd have to give up the podcast. I give up the podcast. You're more important than a fucking podcast. Do you know that type of way? Yeah. So I hope I never have to give up the podcast. But my point being is the podcast is, is just that it's a load of bollocks in a sense of it's not real. And it's like, you know, it is real in a sense, but it's the human connection that I'm looking for. I want to talk to you. I want to fucking have a chat where you can talk to me and express your emotions forward and back. I want to do that. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot like what you said earlier. Like it's almost as if we're just hanging out, having a conversation. If someone can kind of sit in and and learn from it, and and right, like mm. what what if you can have a conversation with me every day, but not only are you helping me, but you're helping all the other people who, who are maybe struggling with the same things. Maybe like, you know.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Having, having a hard time conceptualizing their own uh, mental habits.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that's all it's about. I mean, I've yet to write a note for a podcast. I've yet to write a question.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't do that. Like I'd, like, I'd find that fucking odd if, you know, if I was going in for a drink with you and having a pint, by the way, mine would be non-alcoholic. Um, but if I was, if I was going in for a pint with you and I opened up a fucking journal and you were like, what's that? That's just a couple of questions I want to ask you later on. <laughs> You'd be like, what the fuck? You're a fucking freak. Get away from me. Whereas I don't. I have no question. I've I've done 60-odd podcasts at this stage, and I've never wrote one question.
2: Mm-hmm. What
1: the fuck would you write a question for, like? If I was to write a question, I'd have to ask you a question, and I'd find that fucking odd going, I know you want to ask. I know people want to ask me questions, but I don't mind that because if they do, I... I'll, I'll know or I won't know the answer. Just like in fucking real life. It's like, mm. I, I don't know, or, or I do know. Um, I'll always have an opinion on it. Like the favorite person. I mean, I wasn't expecting that question. Um, Still a shit name. But yeah, I think it should be just a fucking over and back between two people, and especially people with BPD. This is what we need. We need people... Not me. I'm not saying me. I couldn't give a fuck that I'm doing the podcast. If, if, if the podcast was done by another person, they need that person too. But we do need people who are just doing this just to do it. Like I've said this before, you know, the main reason the people are helping me with the website is because there's no money involved. There is no Patreon or click or buy or whatever. There's none of that. There never will be. It's always going to be two people having a chat that's all a it's community to yeah a community yeah
2: yeah
0: i uh i actually think it was really f- funny that you uh uh just went on about questions because i uh, about a couple of days ago i went out and had a drink with a friend and um and he commented on how Uh, how invasively curious I am (laughs) on how like I I just love to ask people questions I want to get to know you I want to know like and I want to know beyond what you were prepared to show me like I want to know what you think about your name or how you feel about your siblings what 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 are you the most interested in at more than anything else like what's the thing that you're just darn nerdy about yeah like, i want to i want to get to know people because i think head. when you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, are you a metalhead? is that what you said no mental
1: i see absolutely nothing wrong with that i'm the same way yeah i'm the same way i don't see anything wrong with that angel i mean you're an inquisitive um young man i i'm the same way i you know, why is a wall called a fucking wall? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It should be called a wall. You know, I love questions like that. I love, I could tell you all about my friends. I could tell you all about their colors and I'm the same way. So there's nothing wrong. If someone says, oh, you're very invasive to them. Yeah. Again, my wife would be the same way. She'd be like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You ask a lot of questions. I'm thinking I don't ask enough.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Who's right? Here's the thing about life. Is my wife right? Or am I right? My wife likes privacy. As you can see with the podcast, I'm a pretty much open book. Who's right? We're both right. So that's why, like, I don't... Years ago, I would take offense to that, going, Jesus, should I be offended by the fact that I do ask a lot of questions? And I feel bad about it. Whereas today I'm going, but who's right? You know, is it right to be so open and honest and and dish it out to the world? Or is it right to be private and say nothing? They're both right.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's going to, it's going to be exciting to, uh, to meet both types of people, the people who are willing to, to ask and, uh, Hmm. and answer and get it get deep and inquisitive it's also probably going to be a little fucking annoying sometimes if i uh, if i meet someone who asks me as many questions as i yeah, ask I
1: see, there you, go. Yeah. Just, yeah. you you should join the gang you should join the community you should come into the community you know what i mean join the gang i said <laughs> membership cards
0: now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i like what you do i really enjoy it a lot um and if yeah if there's any way that i could participate or add to it i would love it um i think that i am a very creative person so just it would definitely scratch uh some sort of itch. i think um like
2: look yeah. right.
1: i mean uh this is what i want i do want i'm not gonna lie and say oh no this i do i want a community of people coming together to do something fucking good
2: mm-hmm
1: you know, that's what I want. I want a, I, That's what I want. That's the truth. I'm not going to pretend there's something else behind it. I want a group of people with BPD. The only thing is you have to have BPD. Reason being is I want this for us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I want this for us because I want to show the world. Look at what happens when you get a group of people together that are mentally ill. Look at what they can fucking do. I don't see any harm in that. I want to show the... Like, I love the fact that I can't be removed from having borderline personality disorder. I'm going to have borderline personality disorder for the rest of my life. Right? I fucking love that. Because I'm a really moral human being. But I'm a borderline, as they call them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I fucking help people. Thankfully now with... with um, you know, Brianne and Erica and and Gavin, and there's another girl in Florida and hopefully she's going to come on as well. And she's going to be doing up meals. Um, because what I want to do is build a massive community of people where we all help each other and nobody's the big fucking honcho. I mean, I was only chatting to them the other day and we were chatting about Instagram and stuff like this. And I was like, yeah, no, that's your gig. What? That's your gig. But sure, you have the final word. No, no, I don't. But it's your name. It's not my name. It's you. Me and BPD. I was very Uh clever in thinking up that name years ago. I thought about that name about 10 years ago when I knew I wanted a community of people to work with each other. It's you, me and BPD. Not fucking me, you and BPD.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, I want a group of people. And most important reason I want a group of people is this. We will all mentally develop better. That's what I want. I couldn't give a shit about the fucking rest. I couldn't give a shit about limelight. I couldn't give a fuck about ego or aren't I a great bit of stuff. I don't give two fucks about stuff like that. I want people to come together where we can all build each other up. Use our talents. I'm a dopey bastard. I told you that earlier on. That's the truth. I can shy talk. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> the rest, I'm useless. And that's why even, with, like, as I, we have a WhatsApp meeting, and on the, you know, the group, and even on the group, I just said, look, Gavin is over the website. Eric is over the blogs and designs, or zines. Rihanna's over the Instagram. I'm over the podcast. I'm not trying to be the head honcho. Mm-hmm. Let everybody thrive in their own talents. Actually,
0: you know? I would love to see the uh, blog. Um, is the blog on... The- like okay so i i assume that you don't have a live website yet or do you
1: I do yeah yeah you me and bpd.org
0: and the and the blog is on the um website as well
1: they're being done up at the moment so eric is in the middle of doing them up so in a couple of weeks these are all going to go up other people's stories that they wrote in that they want to share their stories with and you see that's what we're doing as well we're getting people to share their stories and bring them all into a website
0: wow yeah this is very cool mm. yeah i mean congrats i think um i think i mean i think that you have mentioned that you have a very large uh american listener base is that true yeah yeah, yeah I, th- I think that there is a lot of um stigma a lot of like confusion and um And just all around, like misunderstanding around BPD, and it's. I think people just really need clarity. They need to Mm -hmm. have a reference, something that that does help them better understand what it is, and how to cope with it. Like I would have never ever um, thought that a huge part of my mental health was my diet, and and it makes a lot of sense, right? Like. what I put into my body obviously is going to affect it. And my brain is part of this system. So of course.
1: You can't build a brain with Pringles. (laughs) (laughs) You know, everything you eat, you're actually asking that food to convert into a human being. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what you're asking. When you put food in, you're asking, you're not literally asking it. But everything you eat, you're, you're you're basically asking that food can you become human cells? Pringles yeah. just do that for
0: you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Your diet does, you're taking the nutrients in and it does turn into protein. Your body is built of protein. It makes a lot of sense. It's so hard, though, because Pringles are delicious.
1: I'm on your part. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's the whole fucking popping thing. If they were in a bag, you'd be <laughs> laughing. They knew. They knew what they were doing. They knew it again. The Americans. They knew what they were.
0: At. They, they made it, it fun.
1: Yeah, they made it fun. Everything is fun. That's the fucking thing, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: America lives off this kind of thing where everything is fun, like, and it's not fun. If it was fun, me and you wouldn't be fucking chatting. Yeah. You
0: no. Know? Yeah, we got to get better at. And knowing how to not have fun i'm actually so bad at that i'm so bad at just sitting still and doing nothing
1: yeah you have to learn to just be honest and go no i'm having a fucking shit there a shit there mm-hmm. you know you have to learn to do that so uh, have you had any other questions angel
0: i want to ask about your dragons <laughs> in your in Hi, your background you? you have dragons going on I
1: yeah i do i do have dragons i love dragons when i was younger i just think they're honorable mystical beasts you know that type of way and that yet they're ferocious they could kill you yet there's a bit of fucking mystery to them
2: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah i've quite a few um i've quite a few dragons i'll I'll take off the headphones. I'll give you the tour. <laughs> Hold on a
2: second.
0: Oh, wow. There's a lot of dragons. That's very cool. I was curious, I guess, if they were related to anything specific, but it does seem like you just thoroughly enjoy dragons.
2: Ah, we've discovered
0: the nerdy side. <laughs> um, I guess for the sake of a podcast, I should probably let people know that I'm getting a, a tour of the room, which is riddled with figurines of dragons and, and some other ones. I think they were maybe superheroes. What's that? So, uh, okay. Yeah. So you have a lot of dragons in the room. Yeah. Uh, just like a genuine interest in dragons that's cool mm-hmm. uh and then there were other figurines were they superheroes are you a yeah or...
1: marvel yeah marvel, marvel. Uh,
0: did you marvel. read them like growing up
1: no no i'm not gonna pretend i did no 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 i i just enjoyed them i love them
2: just
0: yeah I...
1: say i'm that nerdy no i'm not down that far
0: oh i am a fat dude my i would ask well, my parents were pretty poor, so they wouldn't buy me comic books, but I would convince them to drop me off at the comic book store and I would just sit there and read oh, and then put God. them back on the shelf yeah. and then get picked up and leave. I was probably the store's least favorite person because I never bought anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, but...
1: I One?
0: That's, that's awesome. I, uh, I dig the room. I like the setup.
1: Yeah, I like it. Like it. Look, it's it's uh, it's up here. Nobody can come up here, and uh, I get to do this. You know, I really enjoy it. Like to be honest with you, so I've spent it. Uh, yeah, there's a good bit of money spent in in um in here. Like I actually, yeah, there's a good bit of equipment for all the equipment I have. I don't edit, which is comical because I have all the equipment there to edit and all that sort of stuff. So that's just comical. But no, I enjoy it. Like it. I wanted to put a lot of money in to make sure I got this right because I wanted it right for us. You know, that type of way I wanted it right for people like us where I want to do the best I can for people with BPD. That's just the truth behind it. I really do want to do the best I can. That's why I'm a firm um, advocate for not taking money to make sure that it's just as pure as possible. That's awesome
2: yeah
0: yeah well i am a fan i am a, i like what you're doing and and i hope that that it really grows and more people are able to find it yeah
1: me too me too well look i'm gonna let you go then if that's okay um <laughs> yeah it's 10 past 10 in ireland it's over my bedtime
0: <laughs> fair um, it's been fun it was nice uh, chatting and
1: yeah and look as i say to everyone and i mean this you know, you can ring me at any time if you want. Chat away and fucking, there's no hassle. I'll talk to you on the phone, no problem at all.
0: You That's know? awesome. Thank so, you. Yeah, back at you. Uh, you have yeah. my email now, so definitely reach out if you, uh, if you feel inclined to.
1: Yeah, okay. Angel, all thanks so right. much for coming on.
0: Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay. <laughs> take care.
1: Bye-bye, bye-bye.